Hello and welcome to ACS Chemical Biology's podcast for March 2013. I'm Jay Suarez, Managing Editor for the Journal. I encourage you to stop by our ACS Chemical Biology community site on the ACS Network by visiting www.acscbcommunity.com. The current issue of ACS Chemical Biology comprises 21 articles, including a review by Doug Mitchell on ribosomal natural product biosynthesis. In addition, we have a wonderful manuscript by Yetzer Tepe, who describes a way to delay multiple myeloma tumor growth. I have Yetzer here on the phone to tell us more about the article. Hello, Yetzer. Hi, Jeff. So, what are the drawbacks of treating multiple myeloma patients with chemotherapeutic drugs that target the catalytic active sites of the proteasome? Well, before perhaps discussing the drawbacks, I think it's important to mention that in the last 10 years, we've seen a tremendous advance in the treatment of multiple myeloma, and that really started with the approval of the first of its class, proteasome inhibitor, bortezomib, which was approved by the FDA in 2003. Since then, still we see about a large amount of patients, and it's been estimated to be about 97% of patients, become resistant to this type of treatment within a few years, and after which they become resistant to survivalists, typically only about one year. Now, Janssen and Close at the Vrije Universiteit in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, they've done some tremendous work in trying to understand the underlying basis for portatinib resistance. And they've illustrated that this resistance in part occurs via clusters of mutations in that catalog site of the proteasome. And I think that's really what the major drawback is in current therapeutics, is that currently all proteasome inhibitors, as well as their second generation candidates proceeding through clinical trials, they all proceed through the exact same mechanism, which is through covalent binding in the catalog site of the proteasome. And thus what people are seeing is that there's a very strong cross-resistance between all these classes of proteasome inhibitors. Other drawbacks potentially are the mechanistic details of the inhibition. So what we see with these competitive inhibitors, such as bortezomib, is they bind to the catalog site of the proteasome, and by doing so, they will block all other proteins from accessing that site. So what you see is a global block of protein proteolysis. And so there's a really a substantial lack of specificity, which translates into good levels of cytotoxicity through the cancer cell, but also very high levels of host toxicity. And so this type of therapy has really been limited to very specific types of cancers until this point. So what we wanted to do in our lab was try to investigate mechanistically different ways of regulating the proteasome with small molecules. And that's what we described here in this current article on non-competitive proteasome inhibitors. So as you mentioned, your latest manuscript offers a non-competitive modulator of the proteasome. However, past examples of non-competitive proteasome inhibitors have not quite panned out. So what does your compound bring to the table that's new? Well, there's only been a very few examples of non-competitive inhibitors that have been reported. And most of the small molecules are very promiscuous, and they had activities in a very high micromolar concentration levels, and somewhere at physiological lethal concentrations. So, you know, I think those are obvious reasons why they not have been pursued any further. To my knowledge, there's only really been one class of a non-competitive proteasome inhibitor that was a small molecule that was found to be effective in animal models, and that compound was 5-AHQ. There's a quinoline derivative, and so these molecules are very readily oxidized in vivo to very electrophilic quinones, and they're known to be toxic as alpha receptors. 
there's still been a big void in examples of non-competitive proteasome inhibitors, as well as the understanding of how to regulate the proteasome. So in this current manuscript, what we try to do is we try to show a new class of compounds, which are orally available small molecules, and they were really identified by uh, their lead compound, TCH13. And the article describes how they inhibit the proteasome through a mechanism that's very distinct from bortezomib. We reported a variety of assays and kinetic data that illustrates that this compound operates via non-competitive type kinetics, which really means that the compound binds to the proteasome at a site that is different than the catalog site where bortezomib binds. Now, that's important because all these resistance was really focused on the clustering of mutations in that catalog site. So when we tested our compound against bortezomib resistant cell lines, we saw that these non-competitive inhibitors effectively overcome that type of resistance in cell culture. In addition, we've also shown that we can combine these non-competitive inhibitors with competitive inhibitors, such as bortezomib, and their activities are additive, which suggests that combination therapy of mechanistically distinct proteasome inhibitors could actually be beneficial therapeutically. And next, we looked at a stimulated bone marrow environment, and that's been one of the biggest obstacles in multiple myeloma treatment, is the supporting microenvironments in the bone marrow to the stromal cells, which really, in essence, protects the uh, multiple myeloma cells from chemotherapeutics. Collaborator and, and co-author of the current manuscript, Catherine Weilbecker at Washington University at St. Louis, she showed that these compounds not only preferentially targeted the multiple myeloma cells over primary bone marrow stromal cells, but also effectively killed the multiple myeloma cells in co-cultures with primary bone marrow stromal cells that were isolated from multiple myeloma patients. But perhaps most importantly, all these mechanistic studies as well as the cellular studies, they seem to translate very well in animal models. And we showed that in a multi-myeloma xenograft model that these non-competitive inhibitors effectively reduce tumor growth to a very similar extent as bortezomib. So really the take-home message here, I think going back to your uh, original question, what do they bring to the table, is that we've shown here that the inhibition of the proteasome via a mechanism that does not include binding to this catalog site is a very viable therapeutic strategy, and it can overcome resistance, and it can also translate in reduction of tumor growth in vivo. My final question to you is, what would it take for TCH13 to get to the clinic? Well, so TCH13 is really the parent compound of a new class of compounds, and I personally don't think TCH13 has the level of potency it needs to move forward. But in the last several months, we've prepared several analogs, and we're now at the nanomolar concentrations in our lab, and they may be viable candidates. These agents are also orally available and show excellent efficacy in the multi-myeloma tumor models. What we need to do next really is to look at the level of toxicity in great detail in various animal species before I think we can take any step further. Well, that sounds great, and thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about our work. Thank you. To learn more about our authors of the manuscripts in the current issue, please see the Introducing Our Authors section on the web. This month, we feature 10 young scientists, Isabel Becker, Aaron Bender, Yerui Guo, Emilio Lenz, Lech Gustav Milroy, Jose Otero, Antonio Pion, Kenny Bravo Rodriguez, Ushi Sunderman, and Byung Kuk Yu. Read this section and get a younger chemical biologist's perspective on their research. 
we continue to describe ChemBio glossary terms on the air. This month's key phrase is monobodies, which are genetically engineered proteins that bind antigens. It should be noted that monobodies, which are often referred to as adnectins, are structurally unrelated to antibodies. For more information on the utility of monobodies, please refer to the manuscript by Sheldon Park and colleagues in the current issue. That's it for this month's show. Join us again next month for more ACS Chemical Biology highlights and interviews with our authors. To learn more about the journal, please visit us at pubs.acs.org forward slash journal forward slash ACBCCT. Thanks to all of you for listening. <laughs>